Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everybody, this is Steve. I just want to let you know that for all the latest on our podcast, uh, hit us up at EILF Movies. That's everything I learned from movies on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, we're also on Patreon if you want to check that out. But our homepage is with the Age of Radio Network at ageofradio.org slash everything I learned from movies. And if you're looking for some amazing art, check out my wife's Etsy page at untidyvenus.etsy.com. All kinds of great stuff there. Also, follow us at PodCartFest, that's P-O-D-C-A-R-T-F-E-S-T, for our periodic art and podcasting festival that we're going to be hosting. It's, uh, it's actually pretty cool. Check it out. So yeah, on that note, let's get to the show. Everything I learned from movies Helps to make life a little bit groovy With a one last plot holes a gratuitous boobies It's time to get busy With your friend Steve and Izzy Hey everybody, it's Steve again uh, Just letting you know, uh, this episode uh, We actually did a crossover with the GT Motorsports Break Fix podcast For the uh, 2019 movie Trading Paint, starring John Travolta, um, or Nicolas Cage dresses John Travolta, can't quite tell. But, we're going to find out, and uh, here he, he go. So what's it been, Sam? Five, six years since you even won a record? It's been a long time since you were somebody. Don't push it, Jack. Put him. Hey, don't take my word for it. Ask your son. told him not to push. I want to win races. I want to be a champion, but that's something I'll never be racing for my dad. I just don't know what to do about him. You guys will figure it out. You got a whole bunch of talent, son. Come on up and talk to him. That was on your mind. Accepted an offer from Bobulinski. I'm not going to race for you anymore. Let's get He's a snake. You get involved with the likes of him, and I guarantee you'll get hurt. Championship means more than your father. Chapman Rowe in the lead with a new car on a new crew. Dirty damn shame. I got an idea. Why don't you and me go race?
Dirt track racing is a discipline of motorsport held on clay or dirt surfaced oval racetracks often used for thoroughbred horse racing. Dirt track racing started in the United States before World War I and became widespread during the 1920s and 30s using both automobiles and motorcycles. Two different types of race cars dominate the dirt track scene, open wheel racers in the Northeast and the West and stock cars in the Midwest and the South. In tonight's episode of Break Fix, we are rejoined by Steve and Izzy from Everything I Learned from Movies to discuss Hollywood's attempt to tip their hat and pay homage to the dirt track world when we review the 2019 film Trading Paint starring John Travolta and Shania Twain. Veteran race car driver Sam Monroe and his son, a fellow driver from a small town overcome family and professional conflicts, balancing competition, ego, resentment, and a racing nemesis to come out stronger on the other side. This is Trading Paint. God, I want to watch that movie. Right? <laughs> Where was that? So we'll be following your guys' format. I'm sure you guys have the play-by-play of every scene of the movie, so. <laughs> Honestly, I was surprised when I was done. I was like, this is about as much notes as I take for like a 25-minute episode of Captain Power and the Soldiers of the Future. Like, it's about the same plot, just oh stretched out. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into it, but pacing. 100%. They needed a pace car. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought Tom Cruise was in Days of Thunder. Was this not Days of Thunder? Did I watch the wrong movie? No, this wasn't even Talladega Nights, dude. This was horrendous. Wait, we're talking about Broken Arrow, right? (laughs) (laughs) I thought this was Hard Target. Guys, let's talk about Hard Target. Can we talk about Hard Target? That's the one with uh, Van Damme, right? Jean-Claude Van Damme. Ah. With, the, with, the, the, with the guy who, who used to be a great soldier until he took an arrow to the knee. Why did they call him Chance? Because my mama took one. Act like I haven't seen that movie too many times. The most dangerous game. Lance Hendrickson, the mummy. Okay, anyway, anyway, the mummy team up to be bad guys. All right, anyway, back to a less good movie. (laughs) This was the worst movie in the Days of Thunder franchise I've ever seen. All right, well, that about wraps it up, everybody. Thanks for coming. (laughs) They were not all jacked up on Mountain Dew. Okay, so you got a car that don't impress me much. (laughs) (laughs) Copyright laws, copyright laws. It was under 15. We're good. <laughs> before we get started, because I wish I had done this before Mountain Man Dan talked me into watching this movie with him. What are we drinking tonight? Because this is going to be a ride. <laughs> well, on our end, uh, we have from Uinta Brewing here in Salt Lake City, Utah, Ellipses, which is a barrel aged oatmeal stout. I think it was what, 11%? Oh, this one was, uh, I think, 11.5. Nice. <laughs> no, 11.9. 11.9. That's right. <laughs> and uh, my top? tops nice how about you guys i mean in keeping with tradition of our paddock i'm drinking the finest jaegermeister by jaegermeister <laughs> yeah he's getting there quick he's the meister of jaegers <laughs> recycled municipal water wait when you say recycled uh <laughs> that water was a dinosaur once <laughs> oh okay I'm drinking, it's called, it's the finest drink. I have to work tomorrow. Does that come in a bottle or on tap? <laughs> it comes in a bullet. Ooh. Shot right into your mouth. <laughs> so is that Diet Mountain Dew? Or <laughs> what? <laughs> that's that Icelandic one that's uh, colored with the neon plankton or whatever. Oh, yeah. 
Guys, Mountain Dew in Iceland is weird because you can't have unreal products in your beverages. They banned artificial flavors, colors, and preservatives. So they have to try and match that color. They use, it's not plankton, it's a seaweed. Yeah, it's like that neofluorescent seaweed or whatever. <laughs> so like the bottles of Mountain Dew like glow in the dark. It's And they're like opaque, like you can't see through them. Yeah, and they're not caffeinated. That's it's, perfect. The seaweed's like the new hot thing now. It's like the super food. Did it replace kale? Yeah. I will say, though, the Icelandic Pepsi only had six ingredients. I don't know what they were because they were in Icelandic, but that was the best Pepsi I've ever had in my life. It was better than Mexican Coke. I believe one of them translates to yellow number five. (laughs) (laughs) All of these things are way more interesting than what we're about to talk about. (laughs) That's exactly what I was going to say. Oh, Steve, Izzy, how did you talk us into this movie? <laughs> First off, we didn't know this movie exists until you brought it up on your 100th you episode. Don't, you, don't you put this on us, <laughs> Ricky Bobby. <laughs> hey, you know that pain and that hurt. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> 2019 movie, Trading Paint. It's on Netflix. I mean, you guys definitely want to watch it. It's only 84 minutes with credits or something. Like yeah. it was, it was like a special episode of something. It was pretty sweet. But it's from director Karzen Kader. Who's he, Steve? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Did a bunch of shorts. The last four. Like uh, Levi's. Up, yeah. Up and Away, which I'm guessing is the sequel to Up. This. And then coming soon, A True Desert Rose. Sounds like Hallmark Channel shit. Right? <laughs> is that like Seal's biography? What, what is that? <laughs> or it's a, it's a, a sting. This <laughs> desert rose. <laughs> All right, we're not going to quit our singing jobs. No, not at all. What are you talking about? He's a goddamn songbird. But, but they Let's not offend Up as a movie because Up and Away is not the sequel. No, no, not at all. Not at all. But guys, okay, the writers of this movie, though, <laughs> one of them, Craig R. Welch, this is the only thing he's done. So I'm guessing it's mostly him. But the other writer is Gary Garani. Babe, does that name sound familiar? Because he's Steve. Well, he's written three things. Mm-hmm. Number one, Pumpkinhead. Oh! <gasps> Like the greatest what? movie ever made, 1988's yes! Pumpkinhead. Uh, have you guys ever seen Pumpkinhead? Lance no. Henriksen, some dummies killed his boy and he calls upon the spirit of vengeance in a pumpkin patch with the help of an old witch and hijinks ensue. Watch it. Oh, good. It's a real, if you like monster movies, it's legitimately a really good classic. It's directed by Stan Winston. Who's he, Steve? Oh, he's the guy that did like all the Terminators and the aliens, like all the practical effects and stuff for that. And he does, yeah, he designed the uh, the Xenomorph. Yeah, but it was written by uh, Gary Garani, I guess. The other two, this and 1996's Vampirella. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So a 10, a three, and then a negative two. <laughs> That's called range. Vampirella, did that star Elvira? No. Or no, no it was a Disney was like, thing. No, okay, no. Stripperella was uh, Pamela Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> right? Or no, that was a comic or something. I don't know. I haven't seen Vampirella. I'm sure it's great. I Googled Vampirella. It looks like Stripperella, but with vampires. <laughs> hey, yes! even better. Hold on. How do you spell it? <laughs> vampire LLA. <laughs> okay, so vampire. It's V A. No. <laughs> we are stalling. We really don't yeah. want to review this, do we? <laughs> Yeah, guys, starring in this movie, we, of course, have the other half of Face Off, John Travolta as Sam Monroe. Yeah! Not just Sam Monroe. Sam, the man, 
Monroe. Oh, yes. Sorry, Sam the Man Monroe. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. We also have, I don't know, multi-Grammy award-winning artist Shania Twain as Becca. We don't learn that until about three quarters of the way through the movie. I, I don't think I had her name the whole time. I just had, yeah. I don't know, Shania. They said it once. Girlfriend on the dock. <laughs> yeah. So then Shania Twain walks into this movie and Mutt Lang must be pissed. <laughs> By the way, Shania, you live rent-free in my head 24 hours a day, seven days a week. <laughs> Whose bed have your boots been under for some reason has been stuck in my head since 2001. Whose bed have your boots been under? Uh, we also got Toby Sebastian as Cam, I don't know, the son, Monroe. But Steve, what did we decide Cam was short for? <laughs> Cam- Camberator. Yeah, Camberator. Camberator. Cam Manifold. We decided <laughs> his like, name was Camberator Monroe. We originally were like, oh yeah, it must be short for Camaro or something, because, you know, car guys or whatever. And like, no, no, it's got to be stupider than that. This movie, it's like Camberator. That's, That's the thing, what- right? Yeah. I thought it was Camatos. What they were trying to do was keep with Shania's reputation of her Hallmark films, and they couldn't come out and say Cam the Shaft Monroe. (laughs) 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 Then we have another couple of big hitters. We have Kevin Dunn as Stumpy. Out of nowhere. I was like, what is going on? (laughs) You've seen Kevin Dunn and stuff. There's the one that got me is the next one I think you're about to say. Yeah. The the other Vega brother, Michael Madsen. Yes. uh, Yes. Bob Linsky. What was his? Bob the the machine or some shit? Something like that. The antagonist. It was Bob Leadfoot Linsky. Leadfoot. That's right. Not Bob Vance from Vance Refrigeration. (laughs) (laughs) Was Phyllis in here? Did anybody spot? <laughs> Hi, Bob Vance from Vance Refrigeration. But we also had an uncredited star in the film, which we're going to talk about more in a little bit. Did you guys pick up on Barry Corbin? Ooh. <gasps> Who's he, Steve? <laughs> His name's Eric. We're going for it. <laughs> <laughs> Who's he, Eric? So Barry Corbin plays Sheriff Buck Taylor. He's been in like a million films over the years. And what was sad is he was uncredited in the film and he had a great scene. That's the radio talk show scene that we'll talk about in a little bit between him and Travolta. Okay. I was wondering if that was like... I don't know, like somebody I was supposed to know who it is, like a stock car driver from the 50s or something. Like, oh, yeah, everybody knows that knows dirt racing knows this guy. You would know him most recently from Netflix's The Ranch with Ashton Kutcher as he is the veterinarian cowboy. Which is a terrible show. You mentioned the sheriff and how his role isn't credited. Do you have to ask yourself, was that by choice? You know, I don't think I would want to be associated with this film either if they asked me to cameo in it at 85 years old or however old he is. Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. You can keep your credits. No appearance fee. Well, you all didn't mention there's another person in this that I caught on. She's one of the Sand Snakes from Game of Thrones. Don't know her real name, but she played Tyne Sand in the Game of Thrones. She was Cindy, the girlfriend. Rosabella Renfrew Fellows. Oh, all right. Oh, is that who that was? Yep, yep. The one who uh, will get to it, but at the end of the film probably does the most dangerous stunt in the film? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, that's like a Saturday afternoon on TikTok. Yeah, but they also eat Tide Pods on TikTok, so. Yeah, I, I just had a thought. I'm sure signing on Travolta for this, I was like, all right, we can pay you a million dollars or like 30% of the gross. And I'm sure Travolta was like, what? Yeah, let's go to 30%. Any guesses what the worldwide gross of this movie was? Five dollars. 
I've been thinking that the whole time. Please. please. $1 bob. 800, 800, no, $677,000. $6,898. <laughs> I, was, I was off by an order of magnitude or two. <laughs> <laughs> what is 30% of seven grand out of curiosity? Uh, was it like two grand, 2100, something like that? Something like that, yeah. <laughs> he probably got that. I was like, shit, I don't remember making this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the same year I made that, uh, The Fanatic or whatever. Have you guys seen The Fanatic? What was the other really shitty movie that Travolta was in? I mean, he, he's, he's done a lot uh, of shitty uh, movies. You though. want me to pull up his IMDb or? Battle for New York or whatever it was. Oh, Battlefield or... Earth. Yeah, that fucking turd. What the fuck was that? This was Battlefield turd. Yeah. Guys, I'm gonna blow your mind. Name me three good John Travolta movies. Be cool. Okay, that one's actually all right. Oh, Michael, somebody's gonna say Grease. Pulp Fiction. Get Shorty. <laughs> That's the Pulp same franchise. <laughs> That's like name me ten good Vin Diesel movies. Fast and Furious. Okay. You were saying Pulp Fiction sucked, though, when we were talking about this previously. So, but you're going to use it as a good movie now? I never said Pulp Fiction sucks. Eric yeah. is not a fan of Pulp Fiction. I am oh, not. I am not. So. It's a good movie. I will agree that it's a good movie. No. Not being a fan of it is different. Swordfish. Swordfish was a good movie. Swordfish I'm going to throw this out there. And I said this movie highlighted one thing that I didn't have any awareness of prior to this. His teeth? Travolta's? No, Travolta's acting is not that good. What? The cast around him are what make the movies what they are, in my opinion. I'm, I'm gonna say it. True, his his he's always got that same kind of I'm super cool thing about him yeah. when he's too really cool for not. school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like cool's literally in the title of the movie. And, I mean, even in Pulp Fiction, he was kind of he was... Urban Cowboy. That was nobody's top movie. What? Oh. So he hasn't made a good movie since 2004. So is what I'm hearing, right? He was yes. in Punisher in 2004. Oh yeah, he was the bad guy in Punisher. Yeah, the Thomas, the Thomas. Yeah, Jane I think that's Punisher. when Be Cool yeah. came out too. It was like oh four, oh five, something like that. Be Cool was a lot of fun. Don't don't be. No, he was be in cool. he was in that Wild Hogs movie. He sure was. was he? he was also in Look Who's Talking Now. It doesn't matter. Uh, they had so much budget to work with. Apparently, they wasted it all on the writer. How much did they spend on this film? I couldn't find it, but I'm just looking at it like, I mean, having Travolta and stuff involved, it's got to be like eight to 10 million at least. They got right? Shania. What? Oh, Shania was like free. She, it was probably filmed in Canada. Shania works for fried chicken. <laughs> it was filmed in Shania's backyard. That's why she's in it. She's like, y'all filming a movie here? Oh, wait, Steve, I have a fun fact With for you. Quotes. Do you want to know what the U.S. gross was on this movie? What was that? Zero dollars. Zero? Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it opened up in Ecuador, I guess, and made almost seven grand? I don't know. Yeah. No wonder my Netflix fees keep going up each month. I mean, they're losing <laughs> money hand over fist. <laughs> It is shockingly 0% on Rotten Tomatoes, 31% with the audience, which I found shocking. I mean, one person gets it up to 31%, right? <laughs> I mean, if there's only three, yeah. It's probably because of the cameos. They're like, oh my God, it's that guy. Oh no, it's her. Look at that. Is that Barry Corbin? Holy shit. That's like Stan Lee. Anyway. <laughs> Had any of you guys on here heard of this movie prior to recently? Nope. I never heard of it prior to it being brought up. I mean, the best part of Dan's, you know, review of this, you know, he took issue with things that I would have never thought to take issue with. He found <laughs> accuracies and inaccuracies. I mean, he really studied this movie because remember, he prepared. He watched it three entire times. So where is he? <laughs> but here's the best part. Not only did he watch it three times, one time with no sound. There was, <laughs> there was a very minimal sound. What? Why? <laughs> Why? Was it better? 
because he just wanted to feel <laughs> the emotion of the, of the and that like phenomenal that's, cinematography. That's when he realized Travolta's face wasn't moving. <laughs> you pick up the real details when it's a silent film. Oh my god, you guys! John Travolta has been replaced with an anime character. We have to go free him. All right. Well, speaking of, uh, I don't know, <laughs> tomfoolery. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! I was gonna say uh, this movie was filmed in Hueytown and Bessemer, Alabama, not Talladega. But apparently, uh, Hueytown is the hometown of NASCAR's Alabama gang. Guys, what the hell is that? Don't look at me. Is that oh, Alabama okay. game? Like we got game or a g- gang? Like a oh gang yeah gang. yeah g-a-n-g like a like a group of individuals i guess got it got it so real quick steve you were mentioned where it was filmed we're at in alabama did you say huey town and bessemer but huey town is the alabama gang thing interesting because the talladega short track which is an actual dirt track there in alabama is in a place called east Aboga. i'm probably pronouncing that wrong but it's e-a-s-t-a-b-o-g-a yeah, that's East Aboga. This was one of two movies that Travolta filmed in the greater Birmingham, Alabama metropolitan area during March of 2018. So apparently he did two movies in a month. The other was The Fanatic, which starts off with him saying, can we wrap this up? I got a poo. <laughs> that's his first line in the movie. Okay, if you guys haven't seen The Fanatic, check it out. It is a horrible movie. It's directed by Fred Durst. Yes, that Fred Durst from what? One Biscuit. Is it about a fanatic? It is about a mentally handicapped individual played by John Travolta, who I guess meets someone he idolizes played by Devin Sawa, like like some sort of celebrity or whatever that he's like kind of obsessed with. Never go full simple Jack. And yeah, 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 (laughs) pretty much. It's it. it, What if simple Jack wanted to kidnap a celebrity and hijinks ensue? Who watched Tropic Thunder and said, we got to make that movie. We got to make that, but cross it with that fan movie that had Wesley Snipes and uh, Robert De Niro. You remember that, right? Five people watched it. (laughs) Simple Jack. (laughs) We got to make Simple Jack. It's going to sell. Trust me. Got to tell that backstory. We got to unpack that onion. Holy cow. So the way I looked at this was it came out in 2019, probably to nobody's you know recollection, obviously. And then we somehow missed it during Tiger King and every other stupid film that we were watching on Netflix. It slipped through the cracks. And here we are three years later when Tanya brought it to our attention. She goes, have you seen this Travolta movie that's in the ads on Netflix? I mean, they're pumping this thing hard. It pops up on my like recommended films even before I started watching. And I'm like, why? I don't watch that many racing films. This is weird. Yeah, that just means you're watching horrible movies on a regular basis. Oh, oh God. Even Benjamin and Travolta. <laughs> That's how we found so many Nicolas Cage movies on Netflix at one point. It's like, hey, you watched a Nicolas Cage movie. Here's the other 25 that we got for free at a yard sale. Okay, guys, I have to mention this. I put in racing movies to like look up other ones, like jog my memory of one. Thanks, Google. Popular racing movies, I'm assuming based on my search. Number one is Trading Paint, <laughs> followed by Ford v. Ferrari, followed by Speed Kills, another John Travolta movie made the year before about speedboats. Cars. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're listening, guys. For me, we're Speed Racer, Rad, Death Race, the Jason Statham one. Yeah. Days of Thunder. Days of Thunder, Herbie Fully Loaded, 
Ben Hur. <laughs> oh yeah, Ben Hur, but it's not cars. <laughs> Need for Speed, Fast Company, 1979. Yeah, well, that one. After a sponsor replaces him with his arch rival, race car driver decides to steal a car and race it himself. Starring William Smith. Oh yeah, William Smith from Champagne and Bullets, and also Conan's dad. The last Travolta movie I watched, everybody's going to say, oh, Saturday Night Fever. No, I watched Killing Season with Robert De Niro, because I thought the premise from the trailer, much like the trailer of this movie, I was like, oh, maybe this could be interesting, this could be good. It was also horrendous. But you know what I took away from that? Travolta really grew. He really blossomed. He is a veteran actor, you know, Pulp Fiction, Saturday Night Fever, all this kind of stuff. But he really transcended from Killing Season to this movie because what I noticed is that the hair implants that he was working on during (laughs) that film have taken root. And, you know, he's looking good now. Looking more natural. Nice. (laughs) John Travolta's country accent and his demeanor in this movie was like John Travolta was playing Michael Scott playing a country guy. (laughs) Does he have dentures? Because, I mean, Dan and I were laughing about his terrible Southern accent. His inflections were totally wrong. It just... I've never heard a monotone Southern accent before now. I think he had fake teeth in. Like, whether he has dentures or not, I definitely think he had fake teeth in for this for some reason. And what's up with his beard? Can he manscape a little bit? Do you guys notice those splotchy patches in his cheeks? Like, is that like... The residual oh. hair Hey, implants. not everybody oh. can grow a beard. Yeah, yeah, same. <laughs> no one pointed out here. <laughs> <laughs> in Killing Season, his beard was epic. It was sprayed out of a can. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sure, sure they had the stencil held it over his face. <laughs> his Russian accent was terrible there, too. I'm guessing he can't grow a proper beard because his face is plastic. Because did you notice in this movie his face does not move at all all of his facial acting expressions are in like little twitches in his eyes that's the only part of his face that moves this is little eyes to eye movements he was being a strong southern serious man (laughs) fine southern gentleman john wayne was a strong serious southern man and his acting chops were way above this it drops you right in like a lot of dramatic films were right in the action right we're at talladega dirt oval short course <laughs> well yeah when they said we're here here live at talladega and i'm like get the fuck out of here that's somebody's backyard <laughs> you were writing right? a note when it popped up short <laughs> yeah. course oh yeah short course and then uh like izzy was looking it up and it's like oh yeah short courses are like a sixth of a mile and they're like 50 laps and i'm like so the race is what six to eight minutes an insanity yeah like 10 second laps right i mean it's just bonkers they were at talladega's parking lot here we are at talladega parking lot parking garage here we are at talladega soap and suds get your car washed in 30 seconds (laughs) yeah oh my god the announcers the announcers eric you and i could be dirt track announcers i found (laughs) after watching this we could be dirt track announcers 100 i'm ready for the challenge man oof yeah Yeah, we, we were making jokes whenever the announcers were coming on like they were the announcers from over the top where it's like and by the way this is a double elimination tournament i really would hate to be the young son of that arm wrestler right there yeah the drama between him and his father crew chief and his big rival bob Leadfoot linsky <laughs> i'm like if i were listening to this at a at a racetrack i'd be like Shut up. Just tell us who's in the lead. (laughs) (laughs) The red one or the blue one? (laughs) 
I immediately took issue with the audio of the cars. And then Dan kept telling me, oh, no, that's what they sound like. And I'm like, what, a Honda with a park can? I'm like, these things sound terrible. How dare you? How how dare you say that about my Honda? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was like even the choreography of the driving when they were in the cars looked like 1960s Batman, you know, where it's like kind of (laughs) bopping around in the background. I was like, what is this? The out scenes were okay. Like what they shot was probably of an actual race at whatever that, you know, backwoods dirt track that they filmed it at was. So that was like legitimately okay. The one where they were doing just 20 miles an hour. Well, yeah. So you noticed that too, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they could even like try to make shoot it to look fast. So the first 15 minutes of this 84 minute film, I guess is supposed to set the stage. Yeah, we basically, we see him racing the final lap. We see a guy, we don't know who this is. It's like Cameron Rowe and I her went down. Wait, did you just say Cameron Poe, the, 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 <laughs> the star of Con Air? No, no, it's Cam Monroe. But then, yeah, the engine blows, fizzles out and the other guy wins. And we're supposed to be like, okay, cool. He lost a race. I'm like, no, you know, his father's his crew chief and he lost to the biggest rival, Bob Lipolinsky, who owns all the car dealerships in right. town, apparently, because no one ever leaves Talladega. <laughs> and, it, and I've written down, the, the sun looks like a poor man's Colin Farrell here at the beginning. And then it's suddenly like, all right, y'all, I gotta go to work. Yes. It was like, deuces. Get my son's car. I gotta go. Yeah. I was like, what? What the hell's going on? I mean, he is not Robert Duvall. It's not like, y'all, you can come on down here and get some ice cream. You know, it wasn't any of that, <laughs> which is what I was expecting. But nope, nope, nope. So he had to go to work. Well, the best part of it is he says he has to go to work. Cops in the truck. You see him drive off. We then cut to the scene of an accident. And I'm like, holy shit, did I just kill Travolta? <laughs> <laughs> They should have. It would have been a more interesting movie if they had. <laughs> but yeah, apparently he's a tow truck driver and he's just, you know, going to work. Okay, are we talking about the accident accident or the, the flashback accident? Well, it's the same scene. Yeah, say it's a real accident and he's sitting there watching like, you know, like, oh, yeah. we're about ready for you. But then it's like, then we yeah, flashback yeah. to another accident. We see them load up a very alive old man onto a stretch, like into the back of an uh, EMT truck. And then he has the flashback. So the yeah. flashback, he's riding in a car with a woman, they're going down the road pretty fast, whatever, all this kind of thing. I immediately had that flashback to the scene with Brendan Fraser in Doom Patrol, where he, he takes out his wife and you know that's how he becomes a robot man when he goes under the semi. I said, oh, I see where this is going. Right. The part that I took issue with, I don't know if you guys noticed or not, they had a couple different cut shots of the accident because I guess that's Travolta's dead wife is what we're supposed to figure out from this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're kissing in the car, which was okay, whatever. And then you see him swerve around that Jeep. Pulls into oncoming traffic and then swerves. And he T-boned the car in front of him. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You're a dirt track driver who knows how to drift. (laughs) (laughs) It made no sense at all. Yeah, luckily we go from there to we see a, a mysterious car under a cover in a garage somewhere that he's looking at. And I'm like, so. Did he take the wreckage home with them? Or I don't know, this is going to be the Fast and Furious thing where it's like his dad's car or the car he killed his wife in or something, but it's not going to tell us that till third act. Okay, whatever. Chekhov's car's there. <laughs> then we cut. Chekhov's car. <laughs> that scene was taken completely out of Fast and Furious. 100% yeah. it was. Yeah, 100%. there's a lot of tropes in this movie for sure. And then we cut to uh, Fishing with Shania Twain. Okay, so you're Brad Pitt. That don't impress me much. 
and and I'm like, so is this his new wife or what? Right? You know, like, it's especially so. weird when like we don't get her name until like the third act. Plus the way they were talking, it was like a first date. Um, it almost sounded like a first date. I yeah, literally yeah. turned to Mount Mandan and I said, "You've watched this movie twice already without me." What in the hell is going on? And he just does his little mountain laugh. <laughs> You're going to figure it out. Right. And I'm like, dude, who is this chick? Like, what is, go- why did we go from this death scene and now we're fishing? I get that she's Shania Twain. I don't know her name. I don't know why they're there. Like, <laughs> But you know what we do find out? The name of the person she divorced, she divorced is Steve. Big fucking mistake. Steve's right? are the best. Steve's are the best. <laughs> Steve's are the Back. worst. Jesus Bring Christ. up one bad Steve. Uh, I can name like five that I used to work for. Terrible Steves. Terrible fucking people. It's it's probably their middle name then. Spoiler alert, she isn't actually real. This is some sixth sense and it's the vision of his dead wife the whole time. We're in the Matrix. <laughs> Anyone else ever talk to her during the movie? I see dead people. <laughs> Cam talks to her though. Cam talks to her. Or was that just Sam Younger? Since we went from the flashback to this, I thought that for a second. I'm not going to lie. Like, is he talking to his dead wife? Is that what... <laughs> like, just out fishing? Yeah. I, I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been a much more interesting movie. But then we go to Dan's first favorite part of the film. What happens next, Dan? Do you remember when they're in the red Dodge pickup truck? When he's there on the date by the pond talking to Shania, because she speaks to something about teaching, and he talks about getting in trouble for doing donuts at the school, and she's like, well, what's donuts? And he takes her out in the truck, and he's like, I've never done this before. And it's like, you just said you got in trouble for it, and you're going to be doing it in a field and tell her you've never done it before. And other than that, like, who doesn't know what doing a donut is? Yeah, that was two things wrong with this movie. It's like, what are donuts? Like, are you from Iceland or something? I, it, that's the only Canada. excuse. Canada. Okay. Oh, you know what? That does make sense now. Canada. What do they call donuts in Canada? Loonies? I don't know. Timmy's? T- Hortons? It's a croissant. Yeah, croissant. Can I get a Horton? A dozen Hortons. Poutine? Who cares? No, I was kidding. Shout out to all our Canadian listener. Uh, yeah, to the one Canadian listener that we have. <laughs> <laughs> Better go down to the Tim Horton, eh? But, you know, I will say, Dan turns to me and he goes, you know, I'll take issue with him driving a Dodge. I don't, really? <laughs> He's a Ford man. <laughs> like, I'm offended yeah. by him driving that there Ram. This is a Ford movie. Now, now, that's not what I said. I said it's pretty sad that he's supposedly a Ford guy, but his daily driver's a Dodge. That's all I was saying. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Well, because he actually wants to tow the trucks instead of, you know, become part of the problem. <laughs> oh, shit! <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. This movie is brought to you by Ford. That's why I say that. Yeah, right? <laughs> like a roll. Shania sets the record straight. Racing ain't no hobby. Did she say that or did he say that? (laughs) It doesn't matter. It was sad. Travolta said. I think racing is like one of the most expensive hobbies. It's like that and getting a boat. Oh, 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 oh. it's it's up there with simply tossing money into an inferno. That's about the same thing. That whole dinner scene, the fishing scene. I mean, were they on a date? I wasn't sure. They kept having these awkward, intimate hugs. Like maybe Travolta's whole body has been Botox because he's so stiff. Like I don't, yeah. I don't get it. He was definitely a robot through like the whole movie, and like Brad said earlier, the monotoneness of him—he had no emotion. And like at the very beginning, 
opening scene where Cam took the lead, his excitement was so minimal. It's like, no, if that was in real life, you'd be like jumping off the walls if your son took the lead on a championship yeah, race. Go, 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 go. Yeah. Did you guys also notice, because Dan and I were laughing pretty hard about this, he can't move his neck. Yeah. He moves his shoulders and his head. So he really is like the robot man. Like, I, I don't know if he's got something physically wrong. Yeah, he may have had an neck surgery or something. I, I, I mentioned guys, that. John Travolta is in his 70s. Let's I mentioned that, that too, that I didn't yeah. think he could move his neck. Yeah, yeah, he did. I, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, he's moving like Batman. <laughs> 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 yeah, hey, guys, guys, time comes for us all. <laughs> yeah, right? So after that whole bit of nothing... Yeah, the next part's like we see uh, Cam, the son, and he's like talking with his wife outside of the trailer. And I guess she was like going to work and he was coming home from work to like watch the kid or something. I don't know what, but he's basically like, man, if I'm going to make something out of this rating, that I might have to go, uh, you know, drive for uh, Bob Linsky's team instead of my dad's. But, but that's your biggest rival and family's thicker than money or uh, I don't know, some stupid shit like that. Family, family. Blood is thicker than cash. No, no, I can definitely plug a blood hole with some cash. I can definitely soak up some blood with some cash. But (laughs) it's called blood money. Yeah. So this kicks off the whole estrangement process, right? It's the whole like big chunk of the film, right? The rift between him and his dad, the whole schism, whatever, you know, fancy vocabulary words you want to use there. We needed a plot. Yeah. Right? But it's the only $10 word we can use for this movie. So we'll just go with that. I just don't understand. Like, so, okay. So the next scene, they're back at the track, right? So now he's driving for Linsky and that whole drama and, and everything. Well, no, you got to have the blowout where he actually tells his dad, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he, he, like, goes to the tow company or whatever. And he's like, hey, dad, so um, I think I'm going to race for Bob Linsky. And the dad just like, what? You think a championship is worth more than family or loyalty? Oh, this is... Oh, whatever. Get out of here. You're fired. Oh, 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 he's like, walk out of there. It's like, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're fired. And that's like the end of the scene. It was like that line. I thought I raised you better than this. Yeah. You ain't never going to find work again in this one horse town. No, I just told you I got a better job. Yeah, right? With your worst enemy. Were you not listening? So he's fired or quit or whatever. Oh, and like his wife is there like in the parking lot too. Like, I was like, wait, does she work there? Like she was right there when it happened. He's like, I was going to tell you first, <laughs> but I didn't. And no, she's no, like, whatever. In, oh, no, no. He, came in, he came into the restaurant and then she like left out the back oh. and got in her truck and was like, I'm going home. Which I didn't understand why. Why did she leave her job? Like yeah. what? Now we're both unemployed. <laughs> this baby's going to be addicted to meth before you know it. So when did the high school bathroom scene happen? I had that written down. High school oh, that, bathroom that, scene. That was it like some like retirement party or something. That was like the award ceremony, right? But yeah, they had a whole falling out yeah. there, and I'm just like, skip. That, that was a, yeah, I think that was like the Lifetime Achievement Award for the guy who was doing the speech in the background that they yeah. kept fading out. Cam came out of the bathroom, and he went to Cindy. He was like, I just got in a fight with my dad. We gotta go. Like, oh, God, you did that again? I didn't even see it as a fight. He would, They talked. Maybe they raised their voices a little bit. Yeah. But he came, he was so dramatic. I just got a fight with my dad. We got to go. We got to go now. By the way, when they were having the argument there in the shitter i just wanted somebody in the background to be like shut the fuck up (laughs) some of us are trying to drop logs here i'm trying to poop fuck you shorzy (laughs) (laughs) it is canadian yeah michael madsen's trying to pinch a loaf and he's like will you pansy shut the fuck up (laughs) 
And then we get a wonderful scene of Sam, you know, John Travolta at the bar drinking and his oh, uh, buddy Stumpy comes over and he's like, oh man, I'm so you had a rough day. Hey, we should go fishing. This character Jack comes over and is just a pure a-hole about, I done heard something about your boy leaving to go race for Linsky and blah, blah, blah. By the way, Jack apparently also races for Linsky. <laughs> we find out later, but not in this particular scene. He's the Cobra Kai of this particular movie. He's going <laughs> he's gonna to sweep the leg, Johnny. Put him in a body bag. Yeah, he's that guy. 100%. <laughs> so yeah, Tribble to Dexum. That was the saddest bar fight cliche trope scene I have ever seen. If that was bottled, it would be weak sauce. <laughs> it, was, it was the weakest knockout punch I've ever seen. It was like slow motion with his robot movement. I looked at Eric and I was like, man, that dude has such a glass jaw. If that weak of a punch knocked him out. It was epically terrible, but it was expected. All right, we're in a small southern town. We're dirt track racing. We got the girlfriend, not girlfriend. We got the, the rift between the dad. We're driving tow trucks, all this stuff. Yeehaw. And here we are in the bar scene getting smashed, which he really wasn't on like, you know, Bartles and James or something. I don't know what the hell he was drinking. But that whole scene was like so forced in there. Like it had to be in there. You know what I mean? It's like, we got to have the bar scene. It would have been nicer if Lansky had walked in like the guy from Talladega. Nights, you know, the uppity Formula One dude, like it had gone down like that. <laughs> oh, Sam Monroe, <laughs> you, yeah. your, your driving is like Lestel. Say thin pancakes. Yeah, exactly. But it just, it lost all of the potential that it had almost immediately. I don't know if it was immediately after or several hours later that Stumpy offers to drive John Travolta home. As they're walking to the car, I'm like, oh no, we're going to get another accident. Plus, <laughs> we flashback right? to later. They're both drunk, right? <laughs> I'm a little less drunk than you. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can stay between the lines at least. You just tell me when to turn. The scene you're talking about where Stumpy's walking Travolta out to the truck to take him home. The worst thing about it is if you look at it, he's walking perfectly fine, no limp or anything. And you later learn his name is Stumpy because he's missing part of his leg. If you wanted to do this right, have a little bit of a limp or something as you're walking Travolta out. I was like, but you're walking perfectly normal in every other scene, except for when they're talking about him having it. It wasn't until after that he actually has a little bit of a limp in a scene later on. No, they were trying to keep it as a surprise. You know, that surprise reveal of surprise. It was a stump the whole time. It wasn't just a clever nickname. Yeah, his nickname Stumpy was before he lost the leg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how oddly prophetic. We'll get to that part later. All right. So my favorite scene comes next. There's the favorite scene? Well, Dan and I enjoyed this scene because it is the only bit of levity throughout the whole film. It makes no sense, but it needs to be there because, let's face it, the rest of this film sucks. So <laughs> you get this call-in radio show like 7.80 a.m. in the middle of Kansas or wherever the hell they are and Sheriff Buck Taylor comes on the air. Racing is in our blood. With me today is Sam the Man Monroe doing his whole thing. And that old lady that called in, I mean, yeah. Dan, Dan and I were cracking up because that was like the best thing ever, especially at the end of her little story. And he goes, well, ma'am, that gives you a free pass for speeding tickets. <laughs> it's like, right on, brother. Wasn't Cam listening to it at work yes. for Bob Linsky? Yeah, yeah. 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 That's right. So it was before the accident. But yeah, it was pretty damn good. <laughs> oh, 
Yeah, because Cam and uh, like three other guys are working on a car there at Linsky's shop, listening to it. And like, I'm assuming she works in the office, like HR type person's out there, hears it, walks away. And then Linsky comes out because all of them are kind of giggling about the lady that called in. And Linsky comes over, picks the radio up and slams it to the ground and breaks it to a million pieces. And then just like walks out. Speaking of non-committal relationships and women who get no names, I was thinking that woman was like the trophy wife of Linsky. I thought that too, but then was like, oh, she works there. Is she just like a side piece or is she just a secretary because she doesn't matter at all in this movie other than that one scene? She's the secretary. Come on. He could have thrown his trophy wife a bone to make her feel good working (laughs) in the shop. He kisses the one lady after he won the one race and I couldn't tell if it was her or not. Right? So I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, maybe it was her. Well, I guess we'll just have to watch it for a fourth time. Am I right? No. Let us know. We go back to the track several times during this span of, I don't know what the hell's going on in the movie at this point. We'll call it act two, right? Yeah, we get a whole bunch of stuff about him like, I don't know, for some reason he goes to check out the wreckage at the racetrack. And I don't know, whenever I see this pointless kind of a scene where like there's nobody around, somebody kneels down and like puts their hand next to a piece of metal on the ground. I just think of a, was the fourth Fast and Furious when Dominic Toretto's like imagining what happened based on like a paint skid on the road. Like, I think you skipped something really big if we're talking about him kneeling with wreckage. Oh yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. That's what I was getting to, which is, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, he starts racing against his son, but the probably most important part of that whole segment there, which seemed like it took a hundred years, but was probably only five minutes due to the length of this film is that when he's in testing, he's like, Oh, you got that old dog, that old, you know, Chevy, blah, 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 this and that. And it's like all this stuff. And the car is a complete turd. We already know that it blew up at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And he's like, you guys silly. I'm still going to send it. I'm going to show these suckers how fast I am, you know? And then he goes out there and he obliterates everybody. Yes. That bothered me too. I'm like, your son left because your car is a turd and can't win. And then you take the car out and it's like grease lightning. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) I, what I was saying, like at this point, I'm like screaming at the TV, like take a year off build a better car, let your son race for the competition, then have your son leave the competition for you and then obliterate them. Like, come on, steal all their secrets and then leave. Take all that money and buy the new motor. Yes. That sounds like a much longer movie. Yeah. That I didn't want to see. <laughs> you gotta save something for the sequel, am I right? That's true. <laughs> oh my God. Based on that four-figure return. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so he's racing against his son, and then there's a scene in another nighttime race, like all of them are in Dirt Track. He gets something that we know in our world as the red mist, which is you kind of get the blinders on, you get angry, you get super focused, and you're just chasing the taillights in front of you, right? So we have that whole scene. Johnny the sweep the leg from the bar scene takes his revenge. Y'all are skipping so much. Yeah, yeah, you're skipping. (laughs) Oh, what what did I miss? I must have slept through it. Well, he beats Linsky's guys first. Yeah, say so there's the whole race where Sam wins, whoops everybody's butt. Another chat with Shania, talking about selling the like 70 Mustang that he has. That's the car. We get a little peek of the car under the cover. It's a 70 Mustang that I guess he bought for his wife after his fifth championship. You don't learn that till later. <laughs> the big thing before the point Eric's getting to is the fact that Linsky tries to get Cam to wreck yep. his dad because... 
Walensky didn't make the final, the main event for that particular race. And he's like, look, your dad's getting too far ahead of me in points. I need you to take him out. And of course, Cam didn't do it, which led up to what Eric was about to say. Sweep the leg, Johnny. Sweep the leg. <laughs> I mean, God. Yeah. So that whole racing goes down and as expected, bumps the quarter panel, spins them around, blah, blah, blah. And then Wait a second, though. Can we go back to that scene? Because that dude was like flying 20 miles an hour around the track like everybody else, whatever speed they were doing. And then dude like basically comes to a stop. Everyone else is still going the same speed. And then right at the point that Cam is like side by side, dude's like warp drive and he's like back up the speed and it's like side by side and then can like tap him and spin him like F you. Look, it's a lot easier to go to a warp speed to a sudden stop when it's only 20 miles an hour. Like you can do it in like 20 feet. That is very, very true. And then top back out like within three seconds. Where was the blue flagger out there? Where were the flaggers? Do they have flaggers in Dirt Track, Dan? I don't know, Daniel. They do at the start and finish line. Uh, Okay, red flag, green flag. We got it. (laughs) And white flag or checker flag. Well, it should have been a white flag for that guy. A slow moving vehicle. No, white flags one lap to go in dirt track racing. Come on, yeah. man. It's the only time you use it. Well, he should have got a meatball then. Don't be bringing that European sports car nonsense to this fine <laughs> Talladega short track. They can only handle making left turns. Don't throw anything more confusing in there. They can't handle the right turn. I mean, I got to say the racing in the movie, the Disney movie Cars was more exciting than this. That's for sure. Don't you dare blaspheme. Cars is a wonderful movie. Or whatever. Kajiga. Kajiga. It's a great movie, okay? Because of Michael Keaton, yes. Now, Cars too, you can trash on all you want. But original Cars, you watch your goddamn mouth. So let's get back to this wannabe Days of Thunder scene. Oh, when Cam is on fire? (laughs) Save it! I'm on fire! Cam is on fire! I'm on fire! Save me, Tom Cruise! (sighs) I mean, we knew it was coming, right? We knew the plan. We knew Johnny was going to sweep the leg. The spin was coming. What I didn't expect... Much to Tanya's point from earlier about even the accident with the wife. You think Travolta's reaction would have been not to T-Bone, his son, in the middle of the track. No, instead, what does he do? I don't know if he downshifted, but I mean, he sped up and just rammed it full speed ahead. I was like, seriously, did you even try? You'd think also, and I don't speak from any experience, I haven't even watched short track race in person, but the track is so short, as its name says, <laughs> that you would be have, hey, be able to have seen him. Mm-hmm. Situational awareness? How dare you? As you were coming around the turn, I know they made it as though the guy in front of him suddenly moved and then it was like, boom, he was there. The other guy somehow was able to swerve at the last second, but it's not Travolta. Nope. Depending on placement on the track, because if you're coming around a turn, you're basically drifting around the turn. If you're in that drift and the car's there, you're kind of set to where you either turn the wheel to the left and spin out to where your ass and your car hits them, or you just maintain your course and you're going to hit them. He was already going straight. That's true. He was going straight. The whole race, they looked like they were going straight. I didn't see any (laughs) any skitter cars out there at all. They were going straight the whole time. Did he hit him like a missile? 20 mile an hour missile. Well, when you're only going 20 miles an hour, it's hard to show them skidding because they're not really skidding. Right. Exactly. The impact blew like the car in half. Cam's car was in half this it was insane the... which the whole car is a freaking roll bar he should have been dead if that was a real impact it would have killed him but whatever. he would have been dead but luckily his dad was there to dive in and save him and pull him from the wreckage 
Yeah, because that was medically safe. Yeah. yeah, his dad definitely totally didn't just break his back there. So in the whole scene when like the race is like shut down because they're like saving him or whatever, there's a scene where I, I think it was like Stumpy was like walking onto the track and we see like Jack in the car and he's like looking down, blah, blah, blah. I was expecting Stumpy to like walk up, snap his neck, roll credits. Guys, what do we think of this movie? <laughs> 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 Fuck with my friend, clack, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> that's my kin. We kept saying, that's my, that's my son. That's my son. Like, whatever. <laughs> a big baffling thing is the only injuries that Cam gets out of this is some broken legs. Whoa, 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 whoa. Were they really broken? He was walking on. Fracture. Right? Okay, come on. Because let's go back to your timeline problem here. Because if he had broken his legs, he would have missed an entire other season. That kid would have been like eight years old by the end of this movie if we follow any sort of logic. The first race back, they said it had been six months since he was in a car. So he's very fast. He's like got some of that X-Men regeneration type stuff. Wolverine. They're athletes, guys. I mean, you see football players break a leg and be back by the playoffs. All drugs. Yeah. Zone shots. Oh yeah. There's no drugs in NASCAR or dirt racing. Yeah, they just whatever. don't test for cocaine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's definitely no drugs involved in going in a quarter mile circle a hundred times until you throw up. They don't be testing for meth. That's what Steve was saying about the short track. He's like, yeah. I can't car sick for like the eighth lap. That's like the equivalent of like putting your head on the baseball bat and like trying to run around it like 50 <laughs> times. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a sport, I guess. Maybe <laughs> in a vehicle. There we go. <laughs> but the thing with that accident that baffled me is his legs were broken, but the impact was on the back of the car. You think the impact would have been to the front of the car? Don't question the science. They already did the math for you. It didn't I think he me. had another injury, too. I thought there was something like ribs. Probably ribs, yeah. <laughs> it was his back because his dad pulled him out of a burning car. Right crushed his ribs on the way out <laughs> he, he was filled with rage thought he was jack and <laughs> oh no that must have happened during the crash sorry son eric is still dying <laughs> yeah. Yeah. we broke eric. <laughs> eric eric breathe buddy you got this you got this Eric's envisioning the baseball bat scene. <laughs> he's just picturing, he's just picturing Travolta and his son doing all those races and then trying to run. I think we should redo this movie, and then each of the racing scenes should just be us doing that. Yes. Oh, no. oh, here's how you make NASCAR interesting: you start every race with them outside of the car doing 20 laps around the baseball bat, and then trying to get into the car. Instead of the Le Mans start, it's the Talladega start. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Louisville Slugger start. <laughs> Every pit stop, they take a hit off a beer bong or whatever, and then it's like, all right, I'll see you in 30. <laughs> now, this is a race I want to see. I'd watch NASCAR if they did this shit. <laughs> NASCAR hit me up. I've got notes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> they are hurting the ratings, so we definitely benefit them. <laughs> all right. So, uh, this went up to me. Oh, yeah. So, so we wait, get like. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, so Cam is in the hospital now, right? Yeah, yeah. From his traumatic baseball bad injury. Or yeah. <laughs> Apparently he didn't pay on time. So <laughs> unfortunately, this was another just classic trope, right? It was the prodigal son hospital scene confessional. I was like, oh, really? Like, we're going to go there? Like, this is how it's going to play out? Yeah, of course. You guys are so accepting of it. Yeah, apparently they had seen Driven too. 
2 and Days of Thunder and all the other, dare I say, better racing movies. Well, I mean, at least Travolta wasn't running a sweet love packet up his son's leg or whatever. I mean, you know, (laughs) would it have been Jello in a little hospital bowl? (laughs) Give me some ice cream. Let me show you how to take that turn. Then we pan back to Shania again, which I continue to ask, Dan, what is her name? Shania. Well, <laughs> true, true. But in the movie, we have no clue still. So there's that whole awkward hug scene. Cam's in the hospital, the whole thing, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, I literally asked him, I was like, are they friends? Are they neighbors? Are they friends with benefits? Like what yeah. the F is going on? Very mature relationship that can't be defined Eric. by boyfriend, girlfriend. <laughs> Basically, Eric wants to know if they're fucking or not. That's, oh, they're definitely that's pretty fucking. much it, right? Definitely. Is it that point or is it the like he's still holding in his farts around her? What where are we in this? It thing? can be both, Steve. No, no, it really can't. <laughs> well, not for I start, you. I start physically. getting that motion going. Guess what? You might you might hear a little nitro boost just Someone <laughs> you powered up. <laughs> no, see see what you've missed this whole time is his arc of he is still grieving over his decade old dead wife. Oh, that's, that was so long ago. Yeah, yeah. That so, was, so Steve, he could look that was, that was back during a phenomenon or something. Steve, I don't know, some other Steve, listen, he's got a sad sob story. Oh yeah, that's how he's he gets it a, in. He's got a garage to park it in yeah. without having to pay rent. <laughs> I will contend that maybe the woman that died in the opening scene isn't the wife. She just might be the baby mama because he's so non-committal with Shania. We don't know if he was married or not. No, Eric, Eric, what we're saying is if you have the sad story, it's like, why buy the cow when you get the sex for free? (laughs) Sorry, I missed that point. I'm so... I had this other vision of a baseball bat and spinning. Yeah. It's just, it's out of whoa, control. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what Travolta's penis looks like. Uh... <laughs> All right, we need to stop. Where, where is this conversation going? Let's get back on topic. Wait, wait, this is rated E, right? We're talking about... <laughs> We're talking about mature adult relationships. Come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, we're on Subtext. everything I learned from movies, right? I mean, this is everything I learned from porn. <laughs> yeah, sad story gets it in. That's definitely one of our major things we've learned. That and the net is the ultimate weapon. The relationship was defined in the beginning. They're donut friends. <laughs> oh. Eric, Eric's going to put it on repeat at his house. He loves it so much. Now, I mean, I was scribbling notes and literally falling asleep at the same time. So I had a hard time rereading them, trying to remember how this went down. Uh, yeah, we get a whole thing where Sam goes and talks to Cam in the hospital. And he's like, I'm sorry. I feel like I pushed you away. And you're a good man, a good father, and a good husband. If you can do that, well, that's all it's going to be. Then I don't know. I just have written down, are you going to join me again? And I'm like, seriously? Okay, whatever. It's going to be lots of work to get that car that you wrapped around a tree or whatever earlier in the movie around this same time in the movie is a scene from one of the races that i think it might have been right before this the funny thing is linsky wins or something and there's this random guy that i guess is a fan or something one of the commentators or something and he grabs linsky's cowboy hat and like puts it on like actually he's gonna walk away with it and eric's reaction to that was hilarious he's like what the hell's that dude's role yeah. <laughs> didn't fit anywhere in the movie but it was just weird well his wings hauser here 
that dude was the money. I think he was one of the sponsors or something like that. He was Mellow Yellow. He's the guy that owns the car dealership and sponsors the race team and all that. And Linsky's just the figurehead. No, he's holding the banknote. Yeah, he's dangling the banknote in front of him. <laughs> he's the one that put $10 million into this movie only to get about seven grand back. He can have the damn hat if he wants it. Minus John Travolta's 30%. <laughs> <laughs> anyway oh yeah so then we get the scene okay so after having the teary hospital scene and all that sam is going to talk to bob and is basically like hey uh, you made an offer to buy that uh mustang for me a while back is that offer still standing i'm like well how much was it for <laughs> like are, are we talking like a hundred grand or like six grand I, I don't know what how long ago was that offer the market has changed <laughs> and, and he's basically like pay my son's expenses and stuff in the hospital or you know whatever the hell it's for and he mentions he's retiring too and bob's like well that's too bad because uh i wanted to win that championship and i want to beat you so i want you to keep racing and uh then i'm gonna beat you the old-fashioned way i haven't somebody else wreck you out yeah pretty much <laughs> But Travolta had the exact same response I did. And it was like, so are you buying the car or not? <laughs> Bob Vance. He did say the offer for it was 50 grand. Oh, was it 50 grand? Oh, wow. Dan's only watched the movie three times. He has it memorized. Don't forget. But we have to remind people the significance of this car. Yes, it was yeah. the one that he bought for his wife after he won his fifth championship. So what his wife died in, right? It seemed like it, but no. It seemed like it goes, oh my God, let's go out for a drive. And that's when the accident happened. But apparently it was like a week later in the runner car or something. But did anyone catch how I thought they said the accident was in the rain and there was no rain in that flashback? Yeah. It was oh, they, did, they did as... mention it was in the rain. Uh, that was part of his sad story. So I assume he added that on in the years later, you know, to secure some Shania Twain. That don't impress me. <laughs> that's kind of like stumpy telling how he lost his leg with the length of the alligator that was that was fun. like eight foot it is my leg at eight i'm pretty sure it was 12 feet <laughs> it's my story to tell i'll tell it as a 12 foot gator you can tell it as an eight when you lose your leg the best part about the stumpy leg scene take that however you want to take it <laughs> Is that it was the only exposition in the entire film. It was a complete yeah. thought. It was a complete story. And I was like, great. Now I know something about one character. I don't know his real name. It's just Stumpy. <laughs> but I've got something to go on now. I'm going to assume that was the part written by the writer Pumpkinhead. <laughs> so are we saying Stumpy is the most fleshed out character in this entire film? 1000% yes. Excellent. Yeah. Guys, we remember his name. It's true. <laughs> we had a struggle to think about Camerator or whatever. And, uh... <laughs> I remember Cindy and Bob Linsky. Bedfoot <laughs> yeah. Bob Linsky. Bob Vance, Vance Refrigeration. So then we cut to uh, Travolta jumping in the Mustang, doing some donuts at the school in front of, I guess, where Shania teaches or something. Because, of course, she's an elementary school teacher. Of course. <laughs> All right. Did you guys catch the significance of the Mustang, though, as compared to previous episodes you've been on with us? Was it a, from another movie? Yeah. Well, similar. It was a model up, but same body style as another movie. So now I'm testing your... From Gone in 60 Seconds? Yeah. Yeah. Say, say that was a 60... I thought it was a 60... Was it 67 Shelby or whatever? So not the Nicolas Cage one. The original Gone in 60 Seconds. Oh. It's, a, it's a Mach 1 version, and his is a Boss 302. So it's just you know a package and some horsepower, but it's the same body style. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry, I've, I've seen the remake, let's say conservatively, a hundred times, but... <laughs> 
but the original one I've seen like once. <laughs> the yeah. H.P. Linsky one. J- yeah. Just like the Fast and the Furious. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The 1954 version and yep. the, the one everybody's familiar <laughs> oh, with. Oh, we're not talking about Point Break, which I've also seen a hundred times and it's yeah. exact remake Fast and Furious. Right. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and then uh, the Bad Boys remake, Fast and Furious 2. <laughs> <laughs> Too fast, too furious. Remake of the Going to 60 Seconds. One of my favorite parts is when the, the swinging weight knocks the Jeep police vehicle through the wall and he goes up and he's like, are you okay? He's like, yeah, I'm fine. He's like, are you sure? You just got knocked through a wall. <laughs> <laughs> Timothy Oliphant, he's fantastic. I mean, that bit of acting right there is 1,000 times better than everything we witnessed for 84 minutes. Just that one <laughs> little thing. I just have to say that like that trope of like, are you okay? Uh, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just did something amazing is one of like my favorites. And Death to Smoochie has the best scene at the end. Are you all right? I don't know. It's kind of fucked up to begin with. <laughs> 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 well, I got a question to ask y'all. Do you have a pretty penny? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Is that a pretty mouth? Are you talking about my butthole? I'm confused. <laughs> it's weird and maybe aroused. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs> no, that's what he kept asking him. That's what he kept asking him about the uh Mustang trade. Do you have a pretty penny? Do you have a pretty penny? Like, how many times are you going to say it? It's going to cost him a pretty penny. Okay, I get it. You got an arm and a leg? You got an arm and a leg? Stumpy didn't. (laughs) I don't got an arm and a leg. Do you have (laughs) Stumpy, you stay out of this. (laughs) Stumpy's like, that is ableist as fuck. (laughs) I don't got an arm and a leg, but I got a 1950 blah, 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 panhead, blah, 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 blah. No, I I ain't got an arm and a leg, but I got two pretty pennies. Then you just It's pronounced penis. You rub the pennies together then okay uh-huh stumpy's a whole new meaning now <laughs> was the big reveal before or after he bought the car which big reveal well okay so he gets the mustang he does the donuts he then takes it to the racetrack and then to drop it off at the dealership and i'm like well you just knocked 10 grand off that easy <laughs> you need to wash it you're gonna need to get that washed yeah you need to wash it. And then he goes to see Shania because I assume she's like, what the fuck were you doing in front of my classroom earlier well, hold today? On, hold, hold on a second. Did he like Uber from there? He walked. Oh, okay. It's, yeah, that's why it's, it's nighttime when he sees Shania. Though. He just it's, got It's home. only a five mile radius what we're talking about here. Small Everything town. is within five miles. He hitchhiked on a tractor or something. And the like. only reason it's all of five miles is because the racetrack takes about <laughs> half a mile of it. It's like half the town. <laughs> Where's that baseball bat again? But then we get the wonderful romantic scene where Sam is talking to Shania. I don't think we found out her name is Becca yet. He's like, I think I love you. I think I'm in love with you. Okay. So what do you think? You're Elvis or something? Whatever. Okay, cool. <laughs> Let's talk about it tomorrow. Do I he's say? Like, like, you don't have to say anything. I was blown away. She did that. Yeah, I, that would have been perfect. Had she done the shush and then put her finger on his mouth or something. Because it was, I mean, her reaction was so flat. Yeah. Like all the acting in this movie. <laughs> it was, I don't know if it was natural. Like that scene was ad-libbed and she didn't know what to say. But it was like, who literally writes Shania? Do not react. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm like, I didn't, I didn't get it. Like, it was so awkward. She can say something like, I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. What? Can you say <laughs> that again? <laughs> and then Sam's like, ah, oh, fuck it. Never mind. Roll credits. Guys. No. <laughs> <laughs> there were so many times this movie could have just ended and saved us the grief. Yeah. At the beginning. <laughs>
So yeah, then we get this scene where Sam has 80 grand in cash that he's going to offer. From the Mustang, right? I From the Mustang and I guess other stuff. Because if he's mentioned 50 grand earlier, then I don't know, maybe another 30 lying around from <laughs> Sue and Bobolinsky over uh, trying to kill his son. I don't know. Did Stumpy like give him money? Because there was something no, about that, no, right? Yeah, because yeah, Stumpy, basically he's haggling with this other guy who I assume was going to be like a stock car driver because he's not that great of an actor. Basically he has like this chassis and everything for the car that he wants to get. He's like, I, I, I can't do it for less than 85 grand or something yeah, like 85. that. And, and then that's when Stumpy's like, well, I got that 51 panhead, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I'll do it, throw it in for the other five. And I'm like, is that a good deal? Or I, I, I asked I Dan the same question. Okay. <laughs> I was like, what's that worth? Is that a good deal? So Dan, let me ask you this. What would you have paid for that thing? Or the stock car or for the panhead? He'd have found it on Facebook marketplace for 2,500 bucks. He'd have talked him down to $20 cause it's got a busted starter. Yep. And he's like, I can fix that. Most of those were kickstart, but I'll go with that. Uh, I mean, you're you're the cheapest racer I know, dude. Tell me, what would you have paid for that? What would you have done in trade for that? Frugal. He's a frugal racer. No, he's fucking cheap. He's <laughs> a frugal. He's just fucking cheap. <laughs> I am a cheapskate. I will not deny it. But I do well for being a cheapskate. I think the five grand for one of those motors, like in today's time, like definitely well worth it. What about for that late model, that super late model that he was picking up? 80 grand? Do you think that's a bargain? No, I don't think that's a bargain. Yeah, say so, uh, that, that's where I was like, yeah, maybe there's somebody else selling literally anything. <laughs> yeah, but this is the only guy in that five mile radius. Yeah. I take my money and go back and buy that Mustang. And he doesn't have a car anymore. So, right? <laughs> yeah, just Uber out there. You got to give the old man credit for being able to read off his summit and jet racing parts list that was pretty good i mean i give oh, yeah, yeah. more acting than we saw in the whole movie i got this rotambulator and this turbocharger and this blah 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 blah, blah. That, that was his one line he had he practiced that for a week yeah he didn't need a cue card or anything that's why they hired him how many car parts can you list in a row in one minute camifold camifold <laughs> No, no, that's the name of our lead. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry, I got confused. <laughs> got that, got that MSD ignition. Yeah, flux capacitor. Is Sam DeMan Monroe a car part? <laughs> but let's talk about the next best, greatest part of the film. Oh, Stumpy story. That, but then. <laughs> so we had the radio show, the Stumpy story, and the music montage. Oh, Jesus, yes. Wait, wait. There was a music. Did I like fall asleep? There were two of them. There were two music montages. The first one, I was wondering if Shania was singing. Yeah. Oh, the national anthem. That's not a montage. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. It it was the father and son. They're like building, putting the car together, and all that stuff. And yeah, I thought it was Shania singing too. And I was waiting for like pan back and uh, Becker, whatever character is. Two guys working together, (laughs) you know, whatever. Like in the scene, I'd be like, holy shit, just got a star. What song was playing while they were working on the car? Some generic. Yeah. That don't impress me much. Country twang bullshit. It was all pancakes and sausage and pain, you know, all that kind of thing. But the second song was the big music montage. You know, when they're, they're turning them ratchets and putting them wheels on and getting that car ready for the track. With that montage, I like how like in the middle of montage, it has some pop up and say one week until the new season opener. Which was the championship race. The montage is still going on, by the way. So we get like another two minutes and then it pops up race day. Oh, hold on. I want to know how, <laughs> I want to know how 
know how Tanya missed three minutes of an 84 minute movie. The blackout. Were you abducted by aliens? Like, it's a big to do. It's the third biggest scene in the movie. Well, I remember they were putting the car together. Her brain turned off to try and save her. Well, I, I remember they were putting... She got up and walked out to get a drink refilled. Probably. I, I, I remember them putting the car together. And then I remember it being suddenly the first race of the season championship race. The most important race of the year. <laughs> I think when I heard it was the first race of the season, which was also a championship race, I like stopped. Well, no, it was the race of champions. It wasn't a championship race. Is that the distinction I missed? Yes, it's the See, race now of champions. I like, almost want to like rewatch this to pick up on things. How was Cam a champion? Cam wasn't a champion. They did definitely say it was the most important race of the year, and I was like, get the fuck out of here. There's like 30 more of these. Most important basketball game of the year. That's the way NASCAR does it, though. I mean, the Daytona 500, I believe, kicks off the NASCAR season, and it's yeah. arguably the most important race of the year. Well, yeah, well, that's marketing. Well, exactly. Exactly. So there you go. They got to market the dirt track season. Did you not pay attention how cool that stadium was that dirt track? Try to market game number 48 of 162, like a baseball season. Oh, it's super important. It's against our rivals, the other team from three states away. That we played five other times. <laughs> We're also going to play at their place four times next week. Can we just go back to the baseball bat part? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> No, guys, because it's race day, so that's time to trade some paint. Roll credits. How many times did they say trading paint? They said it like a hundred times. Like four times could, at least, yeah. I think you could do a drinking game just on how many times they say trading paint. Oh, that's why she blacked out. Well, I mean, look at it this way. They, what are the things <laughs> What are the things they can't say in a stock car, dirt track, NASCAR movie anymore? They can't say good movie. Robin's racing. Robin's racing. <laughs> shake and bake. There's like a million of them. So what did they come up? We're trading paint. paint. Here at the Home Depot. <laughs> paint don't hurt. Hey, I'll give you this can. <laughs> give me that can. <laughs> <laughs> other than Talladega Nights, what other movies have they ever used Shake and Bake in there? It doesn't matter. It can't be reused by another movie. That's the whole thing, right? The Julia, the Julia Child movie had Shake and Bake in Come with me if you want to live. You can't use that. <laughs> Hey, Steve, I've got some Valspar if you'll trade me some bear, all right? <laughs> I got that Sherwin-Williams. Anybody wants to trade up? Is that interior or exterior paint? Oh, it's that semi-gloss exterior. Oh, shit, I'm in. But if I got some Rust-Oleum rattle cans, you ain't got to hold it on. Just how, did I know, how did I know you were going to say that? Like, <laughs> Get that weak sauce out of here. They came in the back of the Mercury Sable that he's got. <laughs> Wait, what color is it? It's rust. Seafoam green. Rust color. (laughs) (laughs) Dan's the opposite of Henry Ford. He's like, it comes in whatever color you want as long as it's rust. (laughs) I got rust oleum, rust colored, rust paint. Yeah. I just wanted all the match. (laughs) All right, so it's race day. Um, Every day is race day. Bob ends up like spinning out cam and a yellow flag is pulled out and he needs to start his engine before they lap him. Otherwise, he's disqualified. They said he's going to be disqualified if pace car and all the other cars went by him. I've never known that to happen. You're just a lap down, which means you're a lap down. I've never seen somebody get lapped and become disqualified. Why was that tool bag that wrecked cam not disqualified or whatever in that race when he took the sun out? 
because they traded paint because plot because yeah. plot. I don't know. plot holes plot holes and of course it starts at just in time but he's one lap behind with two laps left in 10 second laps <laughs> and i'm like then he's fucking done this is math he but is no <laughs> apparently he says fuck your 20 mile an hour speed limit i'm punching it up to 50 and he goes around the same thing happened in days of thunder didn't he like get spun out or whatever he's like get me out in front of the pace car get me out in front of the pace car exactly yeah right i need to watch days of thunder i thought the same yeah. thing happened in death race 2000 when they sped up the camera speed and that's how we ended up where we yeah are. <laughs> oh oh i i have that he got up to second place by editing <laughs> is that how you do it Okay, so he spun out. He's got one lap left, two laps left, whatever the hell it was. Why the hell weren't you driving that fast for the other 50 laps? And you could have been lapping everybody else. It's the same reason in Ford versus Ferrari. He wasn't in the top gear. He was cruising at like 150 or whatever. He's like, I got a little bit more in it. And he just keeps going. It was his first race back. Been in around that baseball bat. I mean, the track a couple times, getting a little dizzy, losing his focus. Doesn't want to get another wreck. So yeah, he gets up to second place by editing. It's the final stretch. There's one lap left now. And he gets the inside line. Cue the music. Oh, he won, I guess. Okay, that's cool. That was cut weird. Um, <laughs> like I, I got lost. Like, right. oh, we're coming around the final stretch and it's over. That's oh, a, that's right, because it's like a quarter mile track. Or Michael Bay <laughs> jumps in and mile. edited that section. Yeah. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. We're done. And yada, yada, yada. Birthday party. <laughs> More lack of enthusiasm for a victory as well. I, I will admit, I fell asleep during this most exciting championship race of champion races that aren't champions of the first race of the year. And Dan kind of nudges me. He's like, hey, check out this birthday party. I'm like, what? Why is this important? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So he wins the race. We get the, the music cue of the... I'm just a poor boy doing the best I can. And like Sam and Shania kiss and there's bottles being popped. The MC of this event is just so fucking slow. (laughs) I feel like it was like the last scene in the movie is like, we need 80 minutes. We're only at 76. I got this. (laughs) Oh, all right. Congratulations, Cambriolet Monroe, <laughs> for your victory. Oh, yeah, I just want to thank my dad, and uh, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for you. And I'm like, yeah, he's talking about a seed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Steve, this is when the quaaludes began to take hold. Yeah, and then I've written down, wow. A dozen fans are there to share this moment. Right, all 12. There was the one black guy in the back who looked really uh, surprised to be there. I was just trying to go get some chicken. I stumbled into the wrong place. I I have to ask, because the dozen fans or whatever being in the stands, that's about the most realistic thing in this movie, right? They're all like related to the drivers. It's like a church basketball game where like either they're related to somebody playing in the game or they're just waiting till their game's up next. I thought it was pretty realistic that nobody knew who Shania Twain was. I mean, as far as like the real life racing, I mean, Dan goes to these actual races in real life. He doesn't compete in them, but he he definitely watches them. And I mean, Dan, you're always sending us video back. The stands are pretty full. Yeah. I mean, what did I say? There's always that one guy who's not related to anybody who's jerking off on the ground. (laughs) I think we found him. (laughs) 
Well, if you listen to any of Dan's stories, they always start with my cousin. Like he has like 500 cousins, right? I can never keep track. I'm sure when he's at the dirt track, everybody's a cousin. Good chance of it. Okay, so he's up to all of them. There you go. Yes, that was a little bit skewed, but you know, you got to look at their budget. I mean, look how much they were projected to yield. Maybe 10000 is what the goal was. They couldn't afford all the extras to fill the stadium. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, they, they're trying the... to get millions, not thousands of dollars. Yeah, babe, that nobody, was the entire Nobody makes a movie group. for thousands of dollars. And, and, ex- and yet this one And gets John Travolta in it. Yeah, They wanted to earn tens of dollars. Like, yeah. was this a high school or freshman college, like, movie Keystone project? Like, I don't know. It's more middle school level. It's like one of Travolta's grandkids or something. And like, hey, uh, uh, G- Grandpa John, um, can you can you help me out? Roll credits and like the wife or whatever is like hanging out of the window of the car, like waving a flag, like yeah, yeah, we won. Suck a dick, bitches. <laughs> uh, I think he's paraphrasing. A big thing that I took issue with, and I told Eric when we were watching, I was like, wait till the end, because like, I don't know why it got under my skin so bad. At the scene where Cam and Cindy are outside of the trailer talking, they wake the baby. At the very end of the credits, it's the baby's first birthday. And I'm like, the math is not adding up here. You well, can wake well, a baby who's no, yeah. almost a year old. They still sleep. No, what, what he's leaving out of this is that if you paid really close attention to the racing sequences, as riveting as they were. Yeah, it's more than a year. Yeah, because yeah. it goes through several uh, seasons. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Every race was a championship race, too. Most important race of the year. I'm like, from a perspective, I guess. Well, they were doing SCCA, and then they were doing BMW Club, and then they were doing (laughs) Porsche Club. So they were doing Emra, too. They had to win all the series, all the championships. Double elimination tournament. You saw all those trophies. So this was, like, actually my thought, like, at the party at the end. It's not... (laughs) super clear it's a baby's birthday especially when they blow up the candles and the baby's not there so i'm like is this some dumb shit where they bought babies for his birthday stuff to celebrate his first major win (laughs) because that's some dumb shit i would do (laughs) like just cross out congratulations on your first (laughs) and then the only thing they have is birthday that makes so much more sense doesn't it though I think we know what we're doing for Summer Bash next year. <laughs> yes. So wait a minute. It wasn't a birthday party after all. Like my my mind is blown now. Like I gotta. I mean, I gotta this is my theory again. I mean, yes. we're skipping to the end, but who blows out the candles? What do you mean skipping to the end? We've already talked about the plot. We finished the movie. <laughs> this is the end. <laughs> no, I mean, right, well, there's slightly more, but yeah, the, it's it's the wife that actually blows out the candles, not the kids. So it's like wow. 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 So the, the race that he won that time was, it wasn't a champ. It was the one race. that wasn't a championship. That was the race of champions. Okay. So maybe it's his first win at a race of champions. So maybe that comes in with that. So, I mean, they're celebrating something. Hey, there's always a reason for celebrating being alive, man. That's for sure. Celebrating the end of the movie. That's what, <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> the credits came on and the party started. Literally. No, but did you, did you watch through the credits? Cause there was extended scenes. No. What? You lie. I'm not lying. There was some more. This is not in the Marvel universe. What the hell are you talking about? Yeah, Yeah, Nick Fury showed up and wanted to know if uh, John Travolta wanted to come back as uh, We need you. The the Punisher's nemesis. By the way, there is a Punisher logo on the wall during that birthday party thing at the end, too. I was was. like, oh, you sly dog. Yeah. (laughs) Friend of the podcast, Thomas Jane. Woo! 
I want to say Love the him. baby showed up in the credits. Because I feel like there was a baby, but y'all are saying there was no baby. Did he just walk into the yeah, scene? No, no, no. Like... So the baby's there when they walk in the door and they're all like yeah, yeah. bouncing the baby. They're not shaking the baby, they're, but they're bouncing the baby. <laughs> yeah, shaking the hell out uh, of it. Yeah, they shake the baby, that's, but that's then at the candle, the candle blowing out scene and cake serving scene, no baby. Yeah, just adults. They put baby down for a nap. And oh, then oh they baby was cake. holding the camera. Baby was holding the camera. <laughs> Make yourself useful here, Camerator Junior. <laughs> Sam, Cam, Tram. The baby pops out like Mortal Kombat. It's like, Toasty, Toasty. <laughs> <laughs> it's my birthday. <laughs> oh, that was the other thing, too. The like, it's a girl stuffing up there. I'm like, oh, is it like a gender reveal party? Oh, no, it's a first birthday party. Did we not know it was a girl for the last year? Look, I'm telling That's, you, babe, this yeah. is because they won the big trophy and they just pulled out all the decorations yeah, they already from the had. Last, yeah, from the last party or whatever. And yeah, yeah. Because yeah. again, this is some dumb shit I would do. <laughs> Why is the end of this movie so complex? Now you guys are telling me there was a gender reveal? I didn't pick no, up on any no, no, of this. Okay, that probably when Izzy was like, no, no, they're just celebrating his first win. It's just that's the decorations they had. It was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I would have assumed with a movie like this, all the stereotypes included, that it would have been the third generation dirt track racer. It's going to be another son. But now you're telling me it's a girl? Nobody wants one of them. <laughs> no, as it wow. I only want to be worried about one penis, not all of them. Dude, I am, my mind is blown. Now, John Cavorta <laughs> did say earlier his mama would have raced if his daddy would have let her. So maybe the granddaughter will race you're reading this much into that why is there so much packed into the ending y'all didn't even watch the credits all right well what, what happens what happens then they're, they're setting up for trading paint too. i don't remember yeah, I, I i wasn't brave enough to stick around to see if you know they get tied into the fast and furious franchise <laughs> like vin diesel shows up in a parking garage like we did good driving out there family i got a job you ever thought about saving the world and change your name to brian no we're family there. You guys are Gary like Cole shows up and he's like, I'm going to need you to work on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. I mean, the affect of everybody in this film is on par with Office Space. That is for sure. But wow, I didn't know. I'm now, now you're going to make me go back and rewatch this. I need to rewatch the ending, apparently, <sighs> because I have missed so much. <laughs> Uh, so yeah so guys that's uh trading paint would you recommend watching it at least three times to get its intricacies i think you get them all by listening to this podcast yeah how many ways can i say no nine <laughs> which would you rather watch again trading paint or the charlie sheen porsche movie charlie sheen porsche movie i would rather watch paint dry than trading paint is the prequel called primer <laughs> Uh, th there is it's pronounced primer and it's a time travel movie that's really confusing but very interesting but super confusing infinitely more interesting than this movie so, so to take an offer him steve and izzy so the charlie sheen porsche movie with db sweeney from the 1980s is known as no man's land we talked oh. about that on the trivia episode it was written by dick wolf from <laughs> law and order bom, bom. Bom. I, everybody does that when I say that. Well, that's when, when isn't, it, isn't it when uh, Dick Wolf's name comes up? It's the <laughs> like that little sound cue. I think, Brad, I would watch the No Man's Land on repeat over watching this again. I would just watch Cutting Edge. Yeah, topic. Yeah. <laughs>
So, Stephen Izzy, is this the worst movie you've ever watched? No, fuck oh, no. No, 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 dude, no, no, come no, on. no. This, Have you ever heard our podcast? This is not like the worst movie we've seen this month. This isn't like, the worst we, racing movie we've seen. Yeah, we watch trash. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if, if you want a, a good version of this movie, I mean, I like the movie Driven, even though I know it's pure trash. It's directed mm-hmm. by Rennie Harlan. It's got Sylvester Stallone, Till Schweiger. If you want the good version of this movie, you watch Days of Thunder. Thousand percent. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, you mean okay. Top Gun? Top Gun in a car. You know yes. what Top Gun doesn't have that Days of Thunder has? Robert Duvall. That's right. Tanya's number one Hollywood heartthrob, Robert Duvall. <laughs> I don't know if he's number one. Yeah, instead we got Val Kilmer, Tom Skerritt, uh, no. Goose momentarily. This movie was much better than any melatonin I've ever taken. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was so much better for getting a good night's rest, I got to tell you. If it wasn't for the noise of the race scenes, it's like the same <laughs> level the whole way through it because it's so monotone and the acting was just horrible. I think it could have been way better if they had better actors or better acting had been done. But the acting better writing. didn't exist. It was- if it was a better movie, it would have been a better movie. <laughs> this was a better movie. It would have been so much better. Yeah, oh my if, God. if there was at least one pair of boobs. Should have had at least one pair of boobs and we brought up it Death Race ha- 2000. There was yeah. no hand grenade, which is Steve's favorite part of that movie he forgets about it every time we watch it it comes up and he giggles like a schoolgirl, and it's amazing <laughs> he giggles and goes god damn it that was in a movie which movie a death race 2000 uh, it's David a hand grenade <laughs> so another Stallone racing movie yeah another Stallone racing movie speaking of movies that are way worse than this one nobody ever watched billy jack what <laughs> Yeah, Billy Jack is the best Billy Jack movie, and they made four of them. I know, and they're all terrible. <laughs> so we're going to have to put a disclaimer on this episode and apologize to our audience for bringing this gem to their attention. How are we going to reconcile with our adoring fans? And what, what are we going to review the next time, do you guys think? Oh. Ooh, let's see, racing movies we got to talk about. I mean, we could talk Ford v. Ferrari because uh, my mom's boyfriend is Shelby's nephew. Oh. Guess what? They're all, all the Shelby's are assholes. Wait, oh. spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that shocks no one in the car community. Right. So <laughs> Our adoring fans will have to wait and find out. We don't want to give them any spoilers as to what we're going to review next. Oh, Tanya's got something. Do you see the Jackie Chan movie? Well, the Jackie Chan recent one? Apparently, he's like in a driver's suit and holding the helmet. What? Oh, uh, wait, it's the can- Cannonball Run? Wasn't he in that? It's called Thunderbolt, made in 1995. <gasps> oh, yeah, Thunderbolt. Oh, yeah. Let's Worst do that. mechanic, Jackie Chan, has to beat a super criminal street racer. And he's like all suited up in the car. Yeah, I'm down for Thunderbolt or any of those shitty Herbie movies we can find. I think that we have found our next movie. Thunderbolt! And if we're going to do Herbie, we definitely got to do the one with the chin. The lost Herbie movie. You know what I'm talking about, right? The Bruce Campbell? Yeah! Yeah, the TV movie. I think that's the same one that it has a friend of the podcast, Dana Gould, in it. Or was he in the Lindsay Lohan one? I, I think he was in Lin- I don't. I don't remember. <laughs> he has a small part. <laughs> Guys, are you sure you don't want to do Racing Stripes? Yep. What are we talking what about? Kind of, what kind of movie is that? Because yeah, it's racing horses, babe. No, it's racing a zebra, and Frankie Muniz does the voice. <laughs> that is definitely not what I was thinking. <laughs> Car racing, babe. Thunderbolt, Jackie Chan. Don't mess this up. Okay. <laughs> 
Otherwise, we'll get another trading pain or something. Apparently, there's another Travolta racing movie. What? There's another Travolta racing movie? There's it's speedboats. <gasps> yeah, yeah, speed kills. Oh yeah, yes, that's okay. We've seen that. That's a terrible speed movie. Don't that, do it. It's better than this movie, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's at least action in it. Look, whenever you add water to racing, it's better. <laughs> Sorry, car racers. <laughs> that's right. You should only have races in the rain. Wait. That's a movie about a dog anyway, right? The book was better. Spoiler! Well, listeners, I think we have given you a proper taste of maybe what a normal Everything I Learned from Movies episode is like. Steve and Izzy have really ramped it up this episode. <laughs> Woo! Obviously, we're reviewing one of their all-time favorite films here. Yeah. So if you're interested in learning more about their show, how do they go about finding out more? We can't be found. Shut up. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't tell them that. They won't look. No, you can find us on all the major podcatchers under Everything I Learned from Movies. Or you can hit us up directly on Twitter, Facebook, and Patreon at EILF Movies. That's Everything, Everything I, I Learned from, from Movies. movies. Uh, babe, are you on social media at all? I am. You can find me everywhere at Untidy Venus. That's a goddess who's bad at housekeeping. I'm on all the social medias at Untidy Venus. See what kinds of crazy stuff I'm up to. I also sell my goods and wares at untidyvenus.etsy.com. And you can join my Patreon for as little as $4 a month. You can get a sticker of my design, waterproof, UV resistant, mailed with a handwritten note to your home. There's lots of levels. Come and join. Steve, where can we find you? as mentioned at EILF Movies. This month, we're wrapping up Nick August Cage, which is the most wonderful time of the year when we talk about Nicolas Cage movies. And then we're going into super sexy singing September. That's right, baby. You like musicals from the 80s? All right, but we're going to talk about them anyway. It's going to be great. (laughs) Taste the apples. Taste the apples. Grease 2, Voyage of the Rock Aliens, a whole bunch of shit coming out. It's going to be great. Hey, where can we find you guys? We are always available online at gtmotorsports.org. That's GT as in Grand Touring Motorsports with an S.org. We're on social at Grand Touring Motorsports most everywhere except for Twitter where we're GT Motorsports 14. We are also on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash GT Motorsports. And you can search for the show either by Grand Touring or Break Fix on all your favorite podcatchers or music apps, whichever you prefer. Nice. Oh, and on that note. Well, guys, thank you. Thank you as always. Well, thanks for having us. That was a riot because I think we pulled more value out of that movie than the movie pulled value. (laughs) (laughs) I blame Mountain Man Dan for watching it three times and getting all those questions we had. He's giving it all the views on it. (laughs) He is the 31% on Rotten Tomatoes. (laughs) (laughs) That don't impress me